chapter number 23, as you make your way there, 1 Samuel chapter number 23. Many of you, if not all of you, are familiar with uh, David and Jonathan and the relationship that they had there, the friendship, and how the Lord knit their hearts together. And I want to draw your attention for just a moment. We're going to backtrack here in a few moments, but look with me if you would in verse number 10 of chapter number 23. Verse number 10 of chapter number 23, we're going to read just a few verses. Again, I want to preach a message entitled, The Friend You Are and The Friend You Have. Um, The friend you are is a very telling thing about uh, you and the type of friend that you desire to be is another story. Uh, Some folks will say that they are a great friend, and so you ask their friend and they say, ah, I can take them or leave them. Uh, Some friends you can't live without. Some friends you, you want to be around all of the time. And as you think about friendship, as you think about the blessing of friendship, I want to point out just a few things that I pray will be a help to you this morning. Look with me, verse number 10, the Bible says, Then said David, O Lord God of Israel, my servant hath certainly heard that Saul seeketh to come to Keilah, to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me up into his hands? Will Saul come down as thy servant hath heard? O Lord God of Israel, I beseech thee, tell thy servant. And the Lord said, He will come down. And then said David, Will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will deliver thee up. And then David and his men, which were about six hundred, arose and departed out of Keilah, and went whithersoever they could go. And it was told Saul that David was escaped from Keilah, and he forbore to go forth. And David abode in the wilderness in strongholds and remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God delivered him not into his hand. And David saw that Saul uh, was come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. And Jonathan's, uh, Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. And he said unto him, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee, and thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee. And that also Saul, my father, knoweth. And they too made a covenant before the Lord, and David abode in the wood, and Jonathan went to his house. Notice the statement that is found, if you would, in verse number 16 at the very end, and strengthened his hand in God. Also, I want you to notice the wilderness that is mentioned here in verse number 15. The Bible says, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. This morning, as you come to this story of David and Jonathan, it's particularly on David as he's continuing to run. Uh, The Bible helps us understand that God was continuing to deliver him and take care of him and use the Lord, or the Lord was using David to accomplish what he had for him. The Bible says in verse number 14, but God delivered him not into his hands. In the last chapter, you see that Saul, assuming that God had delivered David to him once again, is trying to kill David and is after David the entire time we're seeing this story unfold and David constantly on the run. And it was in the darkest times of David's life and specifically in this season right here where he finds himself in the wilderness of Ziph and God uses a friend to come and to aid him. It was in one of David's darkest times whenever he is struggling, whenever he is facing adversity, whenever he's discouraged, whenever no doubt he has questions about what is going on, and God uses a friend. This morning, there's no doubt in my mind that there have been times in your life whenever you needed a friend and God provided that friend that you needed. 
Sometimes friendships are started when you didn't think that they would be. Uh, There are random friendships sometimes that are started based on circumstances and a connection is made based on whatever an individual is going on and all of a sudden that friendship begins to blossom and to become something that is more than just someone coming to your aid in that circumstance. And you find many of us have friendships that we look to and we say, you know what, I I love that person. I, I enjoy that friendship right there. I believe David would say this about Jonathan. I believe this was one of those friendships that you look at and you say, man, the friendship that they truly had. I think about friends. I think about friendship. I think about the joy that comes with friendship. I think about the blessing that comes with friendship. I think about the memories that are made. As you think about friends and the friendships that you have, you probably have memories of those times whenever you were together. You probably have memories of times whenever you spent time just talking and fellowshipping and enjoying each other's presence just then and there. And as you think about friendship this morning, I want to draw your attention to one more time the statement that is made in verse number 16 at the very end, and strengthened his hand in God. The Bible says in verse number 14, as you back up one more time, and Saul sought him every day at the very end here, verse 14, but God delivered him not into his hand. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll look at 1 Samuel chapter number 23 for just a few moments this morning and discuss the friend you are and the friend you have. Lord, we do thank you. Lord, this morning we come to you asking, Lord, that you would do a work. Lord, that you would deal with your people. Lord, I pray that we've all come to the house of God, Lord, with our hearts prepared. I pray that you would remove the distractions. Lord, if there's someone here this morning who is struggling, I pray that you would encourage them. Lord, use a friend. Lord, Help them make a new friendship. Lord, I pray that you would just knit their hearts with somebody. Lord, I think of the friendships that we all have this morning. And Lord, the blessing of friendship. Lord, it's something that many of us, if not all of us, desire. And Lord, I pray that you would just remind us of the joy that comes from friendships and the blessing. And Lord, as we think about the friend that we are this morning, I pray that we do a thorough evaluation. Lord, make sure that we're the right kind of friend. Lord, that we are leading others to Christ and pointing others to Christ and being a blessing in the sense of living the Christian life and living the example and making sure that we have a godly friendship. Lord, not only as we think about the friend that we are, Lord, as we think about the friend we have. Lord, we thank you for the, the greatest friendship we could have ever found, Lord, when we found our Savior. Lord, we thank you for the many times, Lord, whenever you've come by our side and, Lord, you've aided us. Lord, we thank you for the times whenever we were struggling, and Lord, you provided the comfort we needed. We thank you for the strength you've given us. We thank you for the compassion you have upon us. Lord, we thank you for the love you have for us. Lord, I pray that you would be with us this morning as we get into your word. I pray that as we look at the friendship of David and Jonathan here, Lord, that you would just help us, guide us, and direct us, and we'll thank you for it. Lord, be with myself as I preach, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit this morning. I pray. Lord, this morning, that not only would I preach your word, but, Lord, we'd all obey your word. Lord, may our hearts be prepared and ready to hear what you have for us. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter number 23. Notice the statements that are made. You find a couple of interesting things here. In verse number 14, again, it says, And Saul sought him every day, but God delivered him not into his hand. In verse number 16, you see the statement being made at the very end, and Jonathan's 
Saul's son arose and went to David in the wood and strengthened his hand in God. Notice with me the first thing we see, and we're going to get to uh, lay a little bit of a foundation of what's taking place here and then get to the friendship side of things here in just a moment. Number one, we see in this passage of Scripture the protection of God. The protection of God. In this portion of Scripture, you immediately see after finding direction uh, from the Lord, David and his men go wherever they can find themselves to be safe. As they find themselves, they find themselves wandering into a wilderness, and that wilderness is the wilderness of Ziph. He, he doesn't head to Keilah any longer because he finds, the, he, he gets word that if he were to go to Keilah, that those that were there would turn him over to Saul. And so as he gets that word, he begins to make a change of plans. He begins to seek the Lord and what he ought to do, and he ends up going to this wilderness of Ziph. And it was in the wilderness of Ziph where God begins to do a work. But the interesting thing about this place, this wilderness of Ziph, is the word Ziph speaks of a refining place. A refining place. That's what the word Ziph means. It speaks of a refining place. And if you were to go and you were to look up exactly what that word means and what that that statement that is being made right there, that refining place is, it's a wonderful message. A refining place speaks of removing those impurities or unwanted elements. It speaks of a process that is ongoing, that oftentimes it is made to improve something by making small changes. It makes those small changes in a particular way, sometimes a subtle way, sometimes a way that is very hard to even see. But nonetheless, it is a process that is going on that is called the refining place, bringing you to exactly what you would need to be. You see, it was in this refining place that we see that David was being prepared by the Lord. And can I share with you this morning that many of us have been in that refining place where God is just removing those little things. God begins to do a work and as He begins to remove those little things within our lives, He's shaping us and He's molding us into what He would have for us to be. Can I share with you, just as uncomfortable as David found himself here and just as discouraged as David found himself there, Can I share with you that sometimes when we find ourselves in the refining place, it's not a comfortable thing, but it's necessary. This morning, every single one of us, if you haven't looked back and found yourself in a refining place, I'm sure you've been there. And in those uncomfortable moments when God is getting you out of your comfort zone, God is all of a sudden changing little things in your life. And you look back, and if you've ever made this statement, if you were to look back 10 years uh, ago and you look right now where you're at, you probably look back and say, man, I never thought I'd be the person I am today. But hey, but by the grace of God, He's brought you to where you are. It's a refining place, a, a work that is constantly going on. You see, the Bible says in Psalm 119, verse number 67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. 2 Corinthians four seventeen. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, keep that, that context right there, which is but for a moment, work ethic. For us, far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. You notice that statement right there, which is but for a moment. Sometimes we look at the seasons of life and we just imagine that it's never going to end, but can I remind you that it's just for a season. But that refining place begins to do a work and that refining place begins to shape us and to mold us into who God would have for us to be. There are some things that I have gone through, there are some things that you have gone through that you look back and you say, you know what, that wasn't a pleasant season, but I learned so much there. Man, I I learned so much about my God. I learned so much about myself. I I began to grow in my walk with the Lord. Why? Because you were constantly leaning on Him. 
You see, it was in this refining place that you find that though David was discouraged, God was working. Though David was afflicted, God was working. Though David was struggling with a trial, God was working. Though David was very, very struggling with a difficulty thing concerning his mindset and probably what God was going to do, God was working in the midst. A refining place that was taking place. And as you look at this portion of Scripture and you understand that this is probably not what David would have ever chosen to go through. As a matter of fact, as you study the life of David, you'll find that in certain portions of Scripture, he's wondering just how he got there. How is this taking place? Why is this taking place? But in the midst of all that, God provided a friend. The Bible says in verse number 16, And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the wood and strengthened his hand in God. Can I share with you this morning, there are some things that we find to be true about why God allows certain things within our lives. This morning, I want to get a couple of individuals up here to, to illustrate this for you for just a few moments. Brother Austin, if you'd come and stand right here for me for just a few moments. Brother Dustin, if you'd come and stand over here. Uh, Brother Terry, if you'd come over here for just a moment and you'd stand up, up here for me. Brother Harold, if you'd come up here for me. I'm just picking some random people for just a few moments. And then uh, Brother Tony, if you don't mind, would you come on up here as well? Brother Terry, if you'd just come and stand right here for just a moment in this little back corner. And then, Brother Austin, if you'd come and stand up here. Brother Tony, if you'd come and stand front and center, kind of up here. And then, Brother Harold, if you'd just kind of stand over here for just a moment. Sometimes we wonder uh, why God allows certain things. As you think about this for just a moment, I want to illustrate this in a, in a, in a way that I pray will be a help to you because we find in 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, verses 3-4, through 4, that the Bible says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comfort us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. For the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. This morning, if we were to illustrate this, Brother Dustin may be going through a, a difficult season. Let's just say he is going through a, a season of discouragement. He's been discouraged for a while and he's, he's battling this and he's not understanding exactly why God has allowed him to face this discouragement. He's battling this. He's trying to get over this. He's trying to figure out why he's discouraged. Only for God in the midst of that refining place to begin to shape him, begin to mold him, begin to use him. And all of a sudden, he begins to draw closer unto the Lord. And that discouragement now has turned from discouragement in his circumstances to being encouraged in the Lord. You see, the Bible helps us understand that there are times when David was discouraged. But what did he do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. And all of a sudden, this gentleman right here, Brother Dustin, begins to encourage him and set himself in the Lord. And so at one point in time, he was wondering, God, why would you allow this to take place in my life? You've got Brother Terry over here. Brother Terry all of a sudden begins to go through his own season of discouragement. He's battling some discouragement. He's not understanding. And he just happens to cross paths with Brother Dustin one day. And he begins to talk about his discouragement. Man, I'm just, I'm really battling this. and I'm, I'm really struggling this. And and going through this season, I just don't understand it. Brother Dustin, can you come here for just a moment? Can you stand just next to Brother Terry for just a moment? All of a sudden, what God was doing here, in the refining place, season of discouragement, at one point in time, Brother Dustin was asking, Lord, why are you allowing this? God, I don't want to be discouraged. Lord, I, I, want to, I don't understand why this is taking place. Now he's encouraged himself in the Lord. 
Now he's found someone who needs to be encouraged also in the Lord. God used this moment right here to say, hey, there's someone else that you're going to be led to. And hey, that discouraging place that you're finding yourself in, hey, someone else is going to find themselves there. And hey, God's going to use you there. And hey, and all of a sudden they begin to talk, fellowship. They begin to discuss the discouraging seasons they face. And all of a sudden God used that discouraging place to encourage him. Brother Austin here is facing some disappointment. He's going through some things and he's not quite understanding why God would allow the disappointments in his life and God would allow this disappointment to continue to take place and he's struggling with it and he doesn't quite understand why he's disappointed in in these things because he's trying to find the joy and he's trying to, to do what he's supposed to do but he just finds himself disappointed. All of a sudden, one day, he begins to get into his word, and all of a sudden, God begins to shed some light, or maybe he's sitting in the service, and God begins to shed some light on that disappointment and and turns that disappointment into some happiness. He sees Brother Harold one day. Brother Harold and him have a, a brief conversation, and Brother Harold begins to relay some information to him, and he relays that he's disappointed. And all of a sudden, Brother Austin comes, and they're talking, and they become best friends. Go stand next to Brother Harold for me. They watch Toy Story together. And all of a sudden, they begin to talk about those disappointments. But in the midst of that conversation about those disappointments, in the midst of the conversation about those discouragements, they begin to have a conversation and they say, you know what the the main factor was? You know what really changed my perspective? when all of a sudden I started to get into the Word of God. I was sitting in that service and the preacher was preaching and God began to reveal some things in my own personal life and God began to direct me and help me to understand why I was disappointed, why I was discouraged. And He began to reveal Himself unto me and I found myself encouraged. But Tony's facing some things. Let's just say he's discouraged and he's disappointed. He's really going through it. You know those seasons. You know those seasons whenever you've, you've, you've just been trying to hold it together, but you just can't hold it together. Brother Tony comes to the house of God. Brother Tony's standing there having a conversation, and he just is making his way around, and he's talking, and he's just kind of just sharing. You know, someone might have asked, hey, how's everything going? He just says, man, I'm really going through a, a discouraging season. Pray for me. I'm really going through a disappointing season. Pray for me. So Brother Tony makes his way to Brother Austin, and he says, man, I'm really going through a a disappointing season. Brother Austin begins to encourage him in the Lord. Brother Harold comes by and says, what's going on here? I'm just going through a disappointing season, and I'm just discouraged. All of a sudden, they hear, oh, he's discouraged. Y'all come over here. And God begins to send Brother Tony some friends. And they begin to get around, they begin to talk, and they begin to fellowship. And they begin to deal with those discouraging moments and those disappointing things. And all of a sudden, what turns into just a casual conversation begins to turn into them going to the Lord in prayer, talking about it, fellowshipping. And all of a sudden, in the midst of one man's discouragement, God used him to strengthen another. And then now, what is was two men's discouragements, God uses them to strengthen another. The same over here. Can I share with you? God knows what He's doing. 
God sends us friends just when we need them. How many times have we walked through the doors of the church and we say, God, I don't want to be here. And that friend walks up. And that friend, stand up for me for just a moment. That friend walks up, just gives you a hug. Just says, hey, I'm so glad to see you. Or you get a text message. Hey, I'm just thinking of you, just praying for you, just want to let you know I'm here for you. God knows what he's doing. There have been times when I've been sitting there going through a season and a random text message comes by. The text just very simply says, hey, praying for you, the Lord put you on my heart. Can I share with you, I didn't go and tell him. Matter of fact, most of the stuff, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm a pretty private person for the most part in those types of things. But God knows what he's doing. Y'all can be seated. As you think about the protection of God, you think about that refining place, the wilderness of Ziph. And it's the wilderness of Ziph when David was facing all of these many things, God was working. What is it for you? You you may be facing a discouraging moment in your life or a disappointing moment in your life. Or maybe you're struggling with something here. Or maybe your circumstances aren't pleasant here. And all of a sudden you find that God has got you in that refining place. God's working. You see the protection of God. The Bible helps us to understand this because in verse number 14, we see that Saul has continued to seek after David. And the Bible says at the end of verse number 14, and Saul sought him every day, every day, but God delivered him not into his hands. We see the protection of God. Number two, we see the prompting of God. The prompting of God. The friend you are. The friend you are, you've been in those moments before whenever the Lord will put a friend on your heart and you're the one that sends the text message. You're the one that makes the phone call. You're the one that does the kind gesture. You're the one that goes and reaches out. You're the one that tries to be a blessing. But then, you've also not only been the friend you are, but also the friend that you have. You've been on the receiving end. When that kind gesture comes your way, When that friend does something kind for you, when that text message comes, when that phone call is made, whatever the case might have been, nonetheless, there was a prompting of God. Can I share with you, notice what the Bible says in verse number 15. And David saw, Saul was come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood, strengthened his hand in God. You see, this morning we find in those moments whenever we seek to be the friend and sometimes when we're on the receiving end of the friendship, God begins to do a work. And so this morning I want to share some practical things on this idea of friendship and some things that we see as you go and you study out their entire friendship here. But how can you be the right kind of friend whenever someone just needs you? Maybe they don't even need you. You just need to be the the right kind of friend. Can I share just a few things with you? The first thing we can do is just be there for them. You know what? Sometimes a friend just needs someone to be there for them. You don't need them to do the talking. You don't need them to get you anything. You don't need them to try to solve the problem. You don't need them to tell you what the problem is. You just need them to be there. Sometimes you need to be there for them. And that friend... It's something that begins to take form, that friendship. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs 27, verse number 17, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Simply put, your presence is all that is needed. How many times in our own lives have you just wanted to to be around a certain individual? Why? Just because you enjoyed their presence. 
Second thing you can do is you can pray for them and you can pray with them. You can pray for them and you can pray with them. The Bible says in James chapter number 5, verse number 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. That ye may be healed, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Sometimes the Lord will lead you in concerning being the right kind of friend just to pray for that friend. But can I share with you some of the greatest times that I have spent time at the altar whenever I was growing up as a young person is whenever me and one of my friends in the youth department would get on our knees together and we'd pray for and with each other. I remember me and my two brother-in-laws were called to preach around the same time and there were three others in the church, I believe, at the time that were called to preach and you'd see an entire slew of young men up here at the altar just coming out of the Sunday school hour and just coming out of the morning service and these young men would be here praying and we'd be praying that God would do a work in our youth department, that God would stir up our church, that God would use us and that God would do a great work, not for us, but for Him. And some of the greatest times that I've spent time at the altar is whenever I've been able to go and I've been able to spend some time in prayer with some of you. I'm looking forward to the men's prayer breakfast. You know why? Because I enjoy praying together. And I also enjoy praying for you. I think about friendship. And I think about being the right kind of friend. Sometimes a friend is there just to pray with and for them. The third thing we see that's very practical this morning is that we always ought to be pointing our friends back to the Lord. Whenever somebody is going through something, sometimes they just need your presence. Sometimes they just need you to pray for them. That friendship begins to take root and form, and maybe it's already been something that's formed. And Sometimes they're going through something, or maybe they just are talking to you, and they need to be pointed back to the Lord. And it's in that season of pointing back to the Lord where there are a couple of things that we can do. We can remind them of past victories. We can remind our friends of God's promises. We can remind them to rely upon God and not themselves. You see, those are many of our failures. Oftentimes we forget all that God has done because we're so caught up in what isn't taking place right now. But as you look back at what God has done, it will remind you that He can take care of anything you're facing right this moment. You see, as you go and you're going through something and that friend begins to remind you of all of God's promises and have you ever been sitting there and someone just looks at you and says a verse and you said, man, I forgot about that verse. That's a good one. It's a good promise. I needed that. Maybe you know a friend that they begin to try to work out their, their, their own situations, their circumstances, they're just trying to figure out and you just utter the words, hey, have you given it to God yet? it'd probably be good to rely upon the Lord and ask Him for wisdom and direction. This morning, as you look at this portion of Scripture, this strengthening in His hand, notice the words that are found in verse number 17. They're encouraging words for David. And he said unto him, Fear not. That's encouraging right there. Hey, you have nothing to fear about. Hey, don't worry. Don't don't fret. Don't fear. For the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find thee, and thou shalt be king over Israel. And I shall be next unto thee. Hey, why was he able to make that? Because it was already told. I shall be next unto thee, and that also Saul my father knoweth. And they too made a covenant before the Lord, and David abode in the wood, and Jonathan went to his house. This morning, the friend you are and the friend you have. Many of us are a friend to someone, and we have many friends, but can I share with you the greatest friend of all is Jesus himself. I I love all of my friends. But all of my friends hold no comparison to my Savior. 
I love spending time with my Savior. I love whenever I'm getting in God's Word and just spending time studying for Sundays and Wednesdays and just reading God's Word and and really diving deeper. I love listening to songs that remind me of just the great friend that He is. I love singing the hymn that is entitled, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, because He is the greatest friend. There's a song that I've been listening to, and it begins to describe the friendship that we have, and it very simply says He's the greatest friend we've ever had. Can I share with you He is the greatest friend you've ever had? Is the greatest friend that we've ever had. And what does it mean to have Jesus as a friend? The Bible says in Psalm 27, verse number 14, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Our friend Jesus will provide a helping hand when you're down. Have you ever been in the, the, the pits of despair and you're struggling and all of a sudden the Lord begins to do a work and he begins to help you and strengthen you and help you to get back up? Bible says in Isaiah 26, verse number 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Not only does he help provide a helping hand, but he provides peace. What a friend. He provides strength when we are weak. What a friend. He provides grace. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10, Bible says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, and necessities, persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Any of that verse, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. He provides grace. The Bible says in Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He provides courage. In 1 John 1, 9, we find that He provides forgiveness if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. He provides protection. The Bible says in verse number 14 right here, But God delivered Him not into His hands. Now this morning, that was only seven or eight things. This morning, if we were to all sit down and write about our best friend Jesus, we'd be there a while writing about all that He means to us. We'd be there a while writing about all that He's done for us. We'd be there a while reminding ourselves of just what a great friend He is. But can I share with you one thing as we close? The friend that you are, the friend that you have, the greatest friend of all being Jesus. If we were to all proclaim this morning that Jesus is the greatest friend that we have, can I ask you this question? The friend that you are... At this point, I would greatly wonder if the friends that you have have ever heard about the greatest friend that you have. You know how you can be the greatest friend? Tell people about your greatest friend. We're living in a world of people who are looking for friendships. I meet people all the time and I'll have a conversation with them and you can just tell that they're looking for a friendship. They don't need my friendship. They need our Savior. But if I can be that friend that tells another friend about my greatest friend, that really does make me a better friend than I thought I was. How many friendships do we have that have never once had a conversation with us about our greatest friend? I wonder how many times we have slipped opportunities and missed opportunities because we were so caught up in something else that we didn't want to take the time to tell somebody about the greatest friend that they could ever meet being Jesus Christ.
And so this morning, as you look at the friendship here and you think about him strengthening his hand and you think about your friendships and you think about the trials and the struggles and all the many things that you're going through, the first thing we understand is that sometimes God will send a friend to us. We need that friend. Sometimes God will allow us to go through that refining place so that we can be a friend to someone else who's going through it later on. And the third thing is this. Every single one of us are a friend. But the kind of friend that we are is a much greater friend if we tell others about Jesus. I wonder when eternity comes, if we're going to have some friends that come up to us and say, Hey, you know why I got saved? I got saved because I kept seeing you live a certain way. And you were faithful to your God and you loved him. And you were living for him and you kept bringing up Jesus, this Jesus, all the time. And you knew where I stood. You know what? Something changed along the way and you didn't know this. Because you were a real friend and told me about Jesus, there came a day when I realized I needed that same Jesus you had kept telling me. Guess what? I accepted him as personal Savior. I have a, a, a ton of friends that I grew up with in Indiana. I have friends I grew up with in Georgia. I have friends across this entire nation in certain states that I don't keep up with. But if they were to get on my Facebook page, they'd see I love my family and I love my church and I love Jesus. If they were to get on my Instagram page, they'd see that I love my family and I love my church and I love Jesus. They'd see those things. Constantly, because if, if I'm making a post, I'm typically making a unless I've got to kill a snake in my front yard, I'm typically making a post about my church service and, and what God is doing in our church, or I'm making a post about my family. Because He means so much. He's the greatest friend we've ever had. So let's start being a good friend. Let's start going and telling others about Jesus, because He's our greatest friend. And watch what God could do in their life. The friend that you are and the friend that you have, the greatest of all, the greatest friend that you have is Jesus. Let's praise Him for it. Lord, we do thank You. Lord, I thank You for Your goodness this morning. I thank You for all that You've done in our midst. I thank You for friendship. Lord, there's no doubt in my mind right this very moment, Lord, as we sit in this auditorium, that, Lord, we're reflecting on friendships. I pray that You'd help us to find ourselves thanking You for friendships. Lord, You've put per certain people in our paths and in our lives for a reason. And, Lord, you've allowed us to be a friend to some people. And, Lord, we've been a friend to others. And, Lord, and Lord, you've allowed others to be friends to us. And we thank you for the examples in Scripture on friendship. We thank you for your friendship. What it means. What a friend we have in Jesus. Lord, there are people that are hurting out there that say, I have no friends. And if we were to take them the gospel, they'd find a friend. Help us, Lord. Draw us unto yourself. We'll thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with